Hola a todos, bienvenidos a Dating con Latinas. Today um, I'm going to do something a bit different and I took the liberty of just recording this on my own to share with you an essay that I wrote a little while ago and have wanted to publish it but haven't felt it was the right time and also wanted to update it a little bit. I know we haven't posted a new episode in a while. Um, it kind of has to do a lot with just everything that's going on right now. Um, between coronavirus, uh, I came back to Miami, Black Lives Matters movement, trying to find a new job, and trying to figure out life in general, um, all of that, and I felt a little bit unmotivated to continue making episodes, especially on different time zones. Um, but I did want to share this essay. I've been wanting to share it for a long time. This is an essay based on my experiences um, in realizing that I, in fact, am Latina. <laughs> I wanted to mention that within this essay, I discuss my Latinidad and how I came to realize that I was stripping away that which makes me who I am. While I do use this word in the essay, I want to point out that Latinidad and the way it is most popularly used excludes the experience of black and indigenous people within our own or surrounding countries. Um, yes, we are orgullosos de ser latines, but when you say this, are you including Brazilians and Haitians or do you just mean those that look and sound like you? Remember that Latinx refers to geography, being of Latin American origin. Know that in this essay, Latinidad is inclusive of those with differences in culture and language, not only predominantly lighter Spanish speakers. Also, my writing style is always a bit humorous if you've read any of my previous blogs, but it doesn't take away the importance or complexities of this topic and those that this essay only graces. I hope you enjoy this essay and, if anything, hope that you can either relate or look back on um, certain experiences that you've had with different cultures. That's kind of the whole point of this whole podcast and why I wanted to put this essay on my podcast and not only my blog. So, enjoy! It's been about three years since I started writing blogs, and I only realized recently that I speak Spanish, but I write all my blogs in English. Basically, it has now come to my attention that I am Latina. Don't mistake and know and forgot. I know I'm Latina. I was born in Santo Domingo, República Dominicana. I can speak and read, and more recently than I'd like to admit, can write in Spanish. Pero a veces se me olvida donde van los acentos. I crave rice and beans every day as if I'll never be able to eat it again. My name is Maria Gabriela Garcia Tobar de Familia Bonelli. I know I'm Latina, but throughout the years, I've forgotten what that means. At the age of four, I moved to Miami with my mom. We took a plane, if anyone's wondering. A wall can't stop that one. But this was very hard for me. I was already a quiet child and didn't know any English at that age, and it caused a lot of anxiety in me. I'd come home with the collar of my shirt drenched because I'd bite it all day. I was chewing my hair and biting my nails. I couldn't stop. Thankfully, Miami is the U.S. capital of Latin America, and soon I was speaking English. And then I was speaking so much English, I was forgetting my Spanish. But like, don't worry because Miami is super Spanglish and I learned to just mix los dos all the time. It sounds cool and sexy at times, but trust me when I say it's a problem when I can't speak one language fluently without the other. There were three prominent moments in my life in which I noticed I was different from the vast majority of those living in the U.S. School, boys, and traveling. 
I didn't know what it meant to be Latina until I stepped out of Miami and started university in Gringolandia. I didn't know I had different customs from people who lived just four hours away from me until it happened. Tú sabes lo que it is. That moment when you say hi to someone and go in for a cheek kiss and they go in for a hug. Ugh, I cringe at this memory. This, singular. Because it happens to you once and you never do it again. I learned all my new gringo friends liked hugs. So I learned to hug. Side hug specifically. But oh, they loved the cheek kisses too. Maria, give me a cheek kiss. And of course I'd entertain it and go around the table. Mwah, mwah, mwah. This small form of saludos made me realize my upbringing was different. What did a typical day in a Miami high school look like? 7 a.m. saludas a tus amigas with a kiss on the cheek. Every single one. 12 p.m. the cafeteria sells pastelitos de guayaba, queso, or croquetas along with a typical lunch. 3 p.m. your math teacher starts brewing cafecito, which she then takes to the class on the other side of the building, filling the halls with the sweet smell of café bustelo. In college, I learned I had a Miami accent. And I would hear it in other people, and I thought it was ugly. So I began to hide mine. I thought no accent sounded better. But what I didn't realize was that I was trying to sound more white. The second moment of my life where I realized my Latinidad was when I started dating. My first boyfriend, Rafael, is Venezuelan. So I felt like I found someone who really understood me. We'd go on dates to eat arepas, dance solely at Latin bars, clean on Saturday mornings. You know, Hispanic things. The next person I dated, Simon, is white. I was very confused. We dated long distance, so meeting his family was a one-time occurrence. Culture shock number one. Simon walked into his house and said hi from afar. That's like asking for un chancletazo in a Hispanic home. Culture shock number two. I thought his parents hated me. His parents were really sweet, but not intensas like my mom. They didn't ask me a thousand probing questions, and they allowed us to sleep in the same room. And yes, this did become a topic discussed over Thanksgiving dinner because no, you do not sleep in the same bed with your lover in a Hispanic household. When he came to visit my family, I made sure he gave a cheek kiss to the 10 people that greeted us inside my house. Porque tú sabes, if he didn't, my family would have gone on with gringo de sabrío ni saluda. I really felt the difference when there was an argument. Rafael would argue back, call me una loca, and then make out with me because he knew I was una exagerada and would just laugh until I laughed. But Simon, oh Simon, he was so understanding. He always allowed me to speak my thoughts and tell him how I felt. And he'd say, sorry, and what can I do? Of course, this drove me crazy. Why crazy? Because it's exactly what should happen, but it wasn't what I wanted. I felt if he wasn't fighting back, it meant he didn't care. I wanted him to give me a full novela. Call out after me, Maria, te amo, no me dejes. Instead, we broke up. And I went to therapy where I learned to recognize my unhealthy thoughts and actions that stemmed from anxiety and low self-esteem. I also learned while being with Simon that I am a person of color and that I am not at all white. This leads me to my third moment, travel. This year, my resolution is actually not to travel. Can you tell I wrote this before COVID? Which sounds backwards, but I love to buy flights and just go. Me mando yo misma pal carajo. While my bank account suffered, I was being slapped in the face con cultura. Se te olvidó que eres morena? Fuacata. I modeled in India for three months, and while I could slightly pass for being Indian, I wasn't getting any jobs because I was too in between. They favor white, mostly male, models, or actual Indian models, as they should. Another shock, I had a layover in Nashville years ago, 
and I got off a plane and all I saw were white, blonde, and blue eyes and felt very out of place. I'm actually tan. I can actually tan. I notice this a lot with my ex, Simon. He's a white dude who can pass for Hispanic because of his dark hair. But when I stood next to him, I realized we're not the same. It took me so long to realize this because up until college, everyone I knew was just about my same color. I told a classmate that I too am Dominican and she responded, oh, but you're from La Capital. So I was different back home as well. What did that mean? I'm from La Capital, Europea, de pelo bueno, que vive fuera. I can't call myself Dominican because I don't live there and don't stereotypically look Dominican. Of course not. I'm still Dominican, but colorism benefits me. No matter how difficult my story was growing up in the U.S., back in DR, and today living on my own in L.A., I'm a privileged Hispanic woman. It means that I am both Dominican and American. That I listen to folky hipster music on my way to work, but when I get home, le doy duro con la bachata al dembow y bad bunny. Que no tengo pelo bueno, porque no existe el pelo malo. Que hablo español con un acento neutro, pero cuando me da pique le tiro un boche a un tipo como me enseñó mi madre. I am learning that I am Latina. That I do not have to accommodate myself to the likes of those who prefer me to be more white. That being Latinx shouldn't be fetishized, sexualized, or discriminated against. That we can empower, inspire, and include all Latinas to not forget who they are or where they came from. Because it will never leave you. It is you. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it or even related to it. I'd love to hear about your experiences, too, and maybe even share them in an episode when we start up again. So message me on Instagram if you have something to say. Gracias.